Welcome, everybody. Uh, if you're new, my name's Tim. I'm, a, I'm the pastor here. I have been for 28 years, and, you know, I had kind of some time off in the summer, so I just decided I'd preach like this. No, really, I'll explain this, okay? Um, first of all, let me explain this. Next weekend, all of our campuses, uh, we are giving these t-shirts away to everybody who comes. It doesn't matter whether you do anything, we're giving them away. We've got 10,000 of them, okay? But you gotta be here. Don't be calling up like, oh, I gotta go to grandma's. You gotta be here to get it. Sixth grade and up, we got one for everybody. And it's just, I love my church. I mean, there's nothing about Parkview or anything. I mean, it's just, I love my church. It, we just, it's just like a way to, identify with ourselves and maybe somebody will ask you about it and whatever. We, we, we want to own that. I mean, that, that's, that's, this is who we are. We're going to talk about that for the next couple of weeks. Uh, this robe, um, it's like somebody ripped this off from the Trump Tower or something. It's not mine, I'm telling you, okay? I promise. Uh, but, but, but when you see like a luxurious robe from a resort like this, the first thing you think about is yourself, right? I mean, let's just pretend that you're at one of these places, you know, <clears throat> you're, you're, you're at the Westin or you're at the, you know, Hyatt or, or, or the Ritz-Carlton or whatever, and somebody else is paying for it, okay? So, so you get hungry at 1130 at night. What do you do? You pick up the phone and you call somebody and you order a steak and a lobster and, and it comes to you and it doesn't come in a pizza box and cardboard. It comes with white linen, right? Somebody taking care of you because this is all about you. This robe means that if I want to sit at the edge of the bed and clip my toenails and just let them go wherever they want to go, I don't, I don't have to care because I don't have to clean it up. Do you not do that? Uh, it also means that if, if I uh, you know, want to take a 45-minute shower, nobody's going to complain about it. If I want to use all the shampoo, nobody's going to complain because they're going to bring me a new one tomorrow anyway. And when I get out of the shower, if I want to take uh, the towel and be environmentally conscious and hang it up, then I can. Or if I want to just throw it on the floor, they'll bring me clean towels tomorrow. Quick, quick movie quiz. What is this a scene from? You got it a lot faster at this one, planes, trains, and automobiles, right? If you want to just, those aren't pillows. If you want to just do that and throw everything around, you can because you don't have to worry about it. This robe means that if I am too lazy to set my own alarm, I can call somebody and have them set an alarm for themselves, I guess. I don't know how it works so that they can call me and wake me up. The, the best part is uh, I don't have to make my bed. Amen? Okay. It wouldn't be as hard as it is at home because we have 34 throw pillows on the bed at home. <laughs> Can I just say I'm not a big fan of that? All right, this is the new couch my wife wants us to buy. I mean, why bother with furniture? <laughs> I, I don't get throw pillows, but it doesn't matter at a resort because if there are throw pillows, they're going to put the bed back together, right? I, it, it, this robe means that everything I have, all of my needs are going to be met by somebody else. This robe represents what the world would call the life. And when you're served and when your needs are met and you just chill and you, you, when you're staying in a four-star or five-star hotel and you're in a $200 robe that's made out of towels, um, you know, it means that you have arrived and you are at the top and you are successful. And that seems to be the goal to which, you know, this world drives us is that maybe someday we can get to this place. But there was this guy that lived 2,000 years ago who tried his best to convince everyone he came into contact with that the life wasn't really the life. He said, this life is kind of upside down. And it was very confusing to the people of the world because he would say things like this, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of God has done. He came, me, I came to serve, not to be served. And then to give his life away in exchange for many who are held hostage. See, Jesus has called us to a, a life not of the robe. He hasn't called us to a life where people meet our needs. He's called us to a life where we meet other people's needs. People that are being held hostage by the world. He's called us to a much, much different world than the life of the robe. He's called us to the life of the towel. He demonstrated it in many different ways, but never more importantly than on the last night of his life before the cross. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything and that he came from God and that he was on his way back to God. Hang on to that one. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe. Eh? I mean, it was different. That's what he wore back then. It wasn't like he was in a, a bathrobe. But, 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 but I love that phrase. Set aside his robe, put on a towel, and then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with this towel. Okay? That's, what he, that's what he did. And he took off the robe and he got the towel. And what, what you don't know about this is that earlier in the day, John records that the disciples were having an argument about who was the greatest. It's so funny because, I mean, it took them so long to get it. And I guess it always takes us long to get it, doesn't it? And so, but this time, instead of giving them a little teaching time, instead of giving them a little sermon, what he does is he's like, the time for preaching is over. So they get to the Last Supper. There's this room there. Oh, oh, usually the guy who is the lowest servant in the room would be the person that would wash feet. But there's nobody there like that because they just borrowed the room and it's just them. And so they all walk in. Jesus looks around. Nobody's still got it. They've still got their argument about who's going to be the greatest. And, and, and Jesus takes off his robe, picks up the towel, and washes their dirty feet. And then he says, now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash each other's feet. You see that? that that's, a, that's upside down, man. That's, that's exactly upside down. So I want to talk about the towel life today, right? All of our campuses welcome all of you. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, this is so important. If we're going to love our church, we got to get what our church is about. The towel life, some things I noticed from this passage uh, from Jesus, okay? First of all, the jobs aren't always fun. All right, everybody doesn't get to do the fun stuff. Jesus washed feet. Why? Because they were dirty. Why were they dirty? They're in sandals, okay? And the roads are made of dirt mixed with the exhaust that came from the transportation system of their day, <laughs> if you're following me, okay? So, so their feet were, were really dirty. I mean, we're not just talking about like smelly like you've been to the gym. I mean, they're like nasty. This is not a good job. Again, the lowest servant usually was the one that did this job. And let me just be perfectly honest with you for a minute. There are some parts about my life and my job that, that I love, and there are some parts about my life and my job that I don't love, just, just exactly like you. But there's this, there's this reason why I, I take a summer break and study break and get away from everything is that a lot of times when, when you get to be in, in a place like this, the good stuff and the fun stuff and the fun stuff of Jesus' life that you relate to can start to go to your head. 
And everybody, you know, is talking about how, what God's done everywhere you go. And it, it, it's great and it's wonderful, but it can start to go to your head. I need to get away from that every once in a while because I can tend to start to identify with the fun parts of Jesus' life and forget about the unfun parts of Jesus' life if I'm not careful. I mean, I love identifying with Jesus and his teaching. They said, nobody ever taught like this man, and great crowds, you know, followed him. And I, I know that that's the number one fear of people in the world, but, but if you're going to do it, you, you, you really want people to like it, okay? So I, I, I like it when people like it, and I like it when it helps people when I'm teaching. I can identify with that part of Jesus. And I love it when people tell me what God has done in their life, the healing part of the ministry that, that Jesus did. I like to identify with that. I mean, I don't do it, but the church does it. It happens. And, and I love to see that. I can identify with Jesus when he gets mad at the religious people who are being stupid of the day and calls them hypocrites. I, I love that. I can identify with that. I just wrote a book about that. It's going to release next June. And I think it's fascinating to think about how the church keeps messing things up. And I want to yell at him. I, I want to do that. I, I want to be that prophet. Okay. I like that part of Jesus' ministry. But this foot washing thing, I don't like to identify with that, do you? And, and that's a problem. As a matter of fact, that's the crux of the problem, okay? If you want to ask me, like many people are, about any of the issues in the news lately about church leaders who have been accused of doing bad things, which is seemingly always in the news, I can assure you that if those things are true and you ask me, how does that happen, Tim? I have a lot of different answers for you, but at some point, the crux of the issue is that these leaders fell into the greatest trap the evil one has for leaders of the kingdom of God. And that trap is to gravitate towards the robe parts of Jesus's ministry and forget about the towel parts of Jesus's ministry. Now that I have washed your feet, I'm the Lord and the teacher, you should wash each other's feet. The job, you know, may not be fun. It may also be beneath you. I, I don't like, I mean, I, I would not like cleaning feet, uh, you know. I mean, I, would, I don't like the nasty jobs, it, it, like cleaning the toilet. Anybody like that? I found a fun way to do that. Let me just give this for you, okay? This is just a little helpful thing. Put both lids of the toilet up, add an eighth a cup of pet shampoo to the water in the bowl. Pick up the cat. And soothe him while you carry him towards the bathroom. In one smooth movement, put the cat in the toilet and close both lids. You may have to stand on the lid. The cat will self-agitate and make ample suds. Never mind the noises that come from the toilet. The cat is actually enjoying this. Flush the toilet three or four times. This provides a power wash and rinse cycle. Have someone open the front door of your home and make sure that there's nobody standing in between the front door and the toilet. Stand behind the toilet as far as you can and quickly lift both lids. The cat will rocket out of the toilet, streak through the bathroom, and run outside where he will dry himself off, and both the commode and the cat will be sparkling clean. <laughs> Signed, the dog. Yep. All right. 
That's my idea of washing something nasty. Let's figure out an easy way to do it. You know, let's get a hose and spray those feet. I don't want to get down and do it because that may be beneath me. And here's what you need to understand. As you look around your campus today, you will see many people who would not be doing the kinds of jobs they're doing at church in their workplace. I mean, you will find people changing diapers in, in, in the nursery who are like way up the, the chain at, at their office. You know, they, if, the, if there was a diaper, if there was a foot washing needed to happen, somebody way down below them would do it. You will find people in our parking lot that are directing traffic. First of all, you will find some of our previous elders out in the parking lot, people who served as a time to make decisions and be over this whole thing, who at this point in their life, they're in the parking lot because they're servants and they always have been. And second of all, you will find people in the parking lot who own businesses and own their own parking lots, but they're helping you figure out out where to park. That's what servants do. And this is completely true for the Son of God. Jesus gets to Peter, and it's time to wash Peter's feet, and Peter's like, hold on, hold on, master, do you wash my feet? I I don't think this is appropriate. Of course, it's not appropriate. It's beneath Jesus. This is the, the, the creator you know, serving the creation. It doesn't make any sense. For me, sometimes I can be a servant if it serves to my advantage to be a servant. You know what I mean? Like I should wash the elders' feet if it's salary review time. I think it makes sense, right? I mean, I should wash my executive team's feet because they do a great job on my behalf, and I couldn't do it without them. And I mean, that, I, you know, you got to understand, Bill Brown, our executive pastor, and Wayne Cron, our, our financial director, are both celebrating 15 years with me and with us over the next couple of months. I mean, that's... That's important for you to know all the way along the way, you know. But how far down, you know, the org chart do I go in this foot washing thing? You know, I might wash Pastor Lonnie's feet, our pastoral care pastor. He's been with me for 23 years, and he's always serving others. And his feet don't get that dirty anyway, so that wouldn't be that big of a deal. (laughs) Except... That's not the point, okay? As the son of God, everybody was below him on the org chart. I mean, he's the son of God, right? Everybody's below him, but that wasn't what Jesus demonstrated for us. Jesus was constantly not just going a next level down. He wasn't just going to the people right below him. Where did he always go? He always went to the bottom, he always went to the, to the least, right? He, he went to the woman at the well in Samaria that nobody else wanted to be around. He went to a woman caught in the act of adultery, tax collectors, prostitutes. Those were the people that he went to. He said, let the children come to me. Don't block the children. I want the least. That's who I'm going to serve. So, of course, it's going to be beneath you. And, and I suppose the test, really, of a towel bearer would be the way they treat the people who really can't do anything for them in return. That would be the test. Towel life, jobs aren't fun, job may be beneath you, and oh, no one may ever know. Oh, guys, did you ever once in your life get up with a baby while your wife slept and not tell her about it the next day? Because I didn't. I'm just going to tell you. 
she doesn't know, you don't get the points. You know what I'm saying? And this, there's a point system. We got to stay with this, okay? So my question in the 21st century I've been wrestling with all week is, would Jesus have posted this moment on social media? You know? I mean, like, hey, hey Peter, could you move your feet over in the light just a little bit? There we go. <laughs> Hashtag servant selfie. <laughs> wow, it's confusing, Okay? Uh, it, it, it's so confusing because the jobs aren't always fun. The job may be beneath you. No one may ever know, and that feels weird. Or you might already have enough problems of your own. This is the last night of Jesus' earthly life before the cross. He's got a couple of other things on his mind than making sure their feet are washed. That's the most amazing part of this whole story to me. In the last moments of my life, I'm, I'm, you know, the make-a-wish thing is not, for me, is not going to be, oh, I hope I can go wash somebody's feet. If I know I'm dying, I think I'd go skydiving. I'd go Rocky Mountain climbing. I'd go 2.7 seconds on a bull named, why is the bull named Fu Manchu? I think I would want to be with the people that I love, but I don't think I'd want to, I want to wash their feet. I mean, you see what I'm saying? The priority is different. And the huge lesson for all of us is that sometimes we're like, I've got so many problems. I don't think I, I can take care of anybody's needs. But the, but the whole deal is the more you take care of other people's needs, the better off you will be with your own problems. Whether you have legitimate Issues like you're not going to live much longer or, or whether you just don't feel like you have much to live for. I think a lot of times we feel like I, I can't do anything because my life is so difficult. And I'm not saying your life is not difficult. But, but what I'm saying is it may be the best thing that you can do to get your mind off of everything that's going on to go serve somebody else. United Health Group did a survey I read this week, read a bunch of statistics on this. You see it all the time about how volunteering and serving is good for your health. 76% of the people who volunteered in the last 12 months said they felt healthier. 94% said it improved their mood. 78% said it lowered their stress level to go serve somebody else. 96% said they had a better purpose in life and sense of purpose. And the fascinating part was 25% of these people had chronic illnesses and said that they were able to better manage their chronic illness by keeping active and taking their minds off of their own stuff and serving somebody else. Uh, listen, 100% of the people who serve around your campus have their own problems, 100%. And I don't know what your story is, and I know that sometimes you need to, you need to come, and, and we're a big church, and it's easy to, to be able to come and chill. Maybe you've had a, a bad church experience, or you're going through a rough time, and you just need to, you know, park view and chill. I don't know, I just made that up. You just need to park view and chill for a while, and, and that's okay. Because that's great, we need you to do, we'll put the robe on you and we'll help you, but at some point, you've got to cross over that place and you've got to, you've got to get to the place where you take the robe off and you pick this up and serve, no matter what's going on in your life. And within the next 24 hours, Jesus is going to die on a cross, and yes, he serves. Nothing wrong with robe life every once in a while. I'm just saying that the towel life has to take up most of what we do. And it's really easy to slip into this robe again and forget about it and just decide to live there. One more thing. It's not, not always fun. It's beneath you, maybe. No one may ever know. Probably got your own problems. And 
The people you serve don't always deserve it. That's when it gets really hard, isn't it? I read about a woman who accompanied her husband to the doctor and uh, just a checkup, but the, but the doctor pulled her aside and, and, and talked to her in his private room. He said, listen, uh, you're going to be so shocked at this, but your husband's got a really bad heart. He's really sick. And if you don't take care of him, uh, he could die. She said, well, what do I need to do? He said, well, you're going to have to make sure that you do everything for him. You've got to cook him a healthy breakfast every day, have him come home from work for lunch and cook him lunch, have a well-balanced dinner every night. Don't overburden him with any household chores, anything that needs to be done, do it for him. And also keep the house really spotless and clean so he doesn't get exposed to any unnecessary germs. On the way home, she was kind of quiet, and the husband was like, so what did the doctor say? She said, the doctor said, you're going to die. <laughs> Come on, let's be realistic here. Okay? So, sometimes those people just don't deserve all of that. Okay? Listen to this. The devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. So, PT, you're telling me Jesus washed Judas' feet, and he already knew what Judas was going to do? Judas? Yeah. Jesus is going to be betrayed and murdered, and he has dinner with the guy anyway. And not only that, but he, he takes off his robe, and he picks up the towel, and he washes his feet. Could you do that? I mean, think around the table there. Who else is at the table? Peter. What's Peter going to do? He's going to deny Jesus three times. Jesus knows it. Before the rooster wakes up, it's going to happen. Ten other disciples there. Bible says nine of them are going to run away too. Uh, only John hung around. Not only that, but this is before the Garden of Gethsemane. If you understand the, the end of Jesus' life right there. I mean, in a few hours, Jesus is going to go into the garden and he's going he's to be so stressed out by what's getting ready to happen. While he prays, he's going to be sweating drops of blood, the Bible says. And what are the disciples going to do? They're going to fall asleep. And he's going to wake them up and they're going to fall asleep again. Okay? Those are the people whose feet he washed. If you were in a room full of people who had hurt you or you knew were going to hurt you and you had supernatural powers, I can tell you, I don't think I would pick up a towel. It doesn't make for a very good movie plot. How do you serve a husband who is not thoughtful? How do you serve a wife who is not appreciative? How do you serve a child who is not thankful? How do you serve a coworker who talks behind your back, a neighbor who's always taking and never giving? How do you serve a father who, no matter what you did, nothing was good enough? How do you serve a fellow church member who acts superior to you? How do you serve when you feel unappreciated and unnoticed by the people around you? For most of us, what we do is we tend to fold up the towel and say, well, if that's the way you want it, then that's the way you can have it. That's fine with me. You're on your own. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. But Jesus washes the feet of Judas, the feet of the soldiers who are, the feet of the guy who's going to lead the soldiers to arrest him and betray him with a kiss. This is a crazy town, isn't it? This is the kingdom of God. So every once in a while, we try to get some more people to serve around here. And it seemed like a good week to do that. If you love your church, you should serve. You got a card on the way in. 
I want to encourage you to think about picking up the towel and serving some people. You might serve in the parking lot. And you might see somebody that was rude to you at work that day. You know what? What would Jesus do? You might serve in the nursery and have crabby kids the whole time. Well, what would Jesus do? You might serve as an usher and your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend might walk in that dumped you and treated you really badly. What would Jesus do? Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. Serving is about picking up the towel and Jesus said, if I, the Lord of the universe, did this for you, then you ought to do it for each other. And many of you have been around here for a long time, and you're not part of this thing. So fill this out. Somebody will talk to you. All you got to do is fill this out. Take it to the balloons at any campus you're at. Take it to the balloons. We'll email you. We'll say, hey, what would you like to do? Give something a try. And listen, everybody has different gifts and abilities. I don't think Jesus had, you know, people are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what I want to do. Well, we just got stuff that needs to get done, like feet that just need to be washed. Jesus' spiritual gift wasn't foot washing. Sometimes stuff just needs to be done. Pascal has a prayer I remind myself of regularly. It's this, Lord, help me to do big things as if they were little, because I I do them in your power. And help me to do little things as if they were big, because I do them in your name. Jesus said, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash each other's feet. And the verbs used there, continual, ongoing action. That's how it works. It's not a one-time event. It's a life that Jesus called us to. That's the life that goes against everything that is within us. Because we are born with the robe, okay? Let me, let me just explain it this way if you don't understand. When my daughters were born, they wanted to be served. They wanted to eat when they were hungry. They wanted their diaper changed when it was full. They didn't think about my wife or myself or, or what time of night it was or whether we wanted to sleep or not. They just wanted to have their needs met. You know what I'm saying? Thankfully, we fed them the natural way, so I just kind of had to say, hey, they're hungry and go back to sleep. But, but they always wanted it when they wanted it and they insisted on it they were they were robe little babies that's how we're born as robe little babies and when they grow up they get better and you teach them to be better and you teach them you know to, to go to the bathroom and to feed themselves and all those things but we still had a lot to do and it was still expensive and there was still a lot of us picking up the towel and serving our children and then they get married if you haven't gone through this yet they get married and that's a big towel experience for you as well an expensive towel experience for you, okay? And then there's this little brief period of time, or maybe it's longer depending on what happens, but there's this period of time where they are taken care of, you know, they're grown-ups, whether they're married or not, they're grown-ups and you don't have to deal with it. But then if they do get married, sometimes they have children. And then you start all over again. Then you're back to robe, man, all over again. Here's a picture from family vacation last week. Look at that. I got four under four now. So we were together for a week, and it was exhausting. It was exhausting. I I can tell you how fun it was, but look at that. (laughs) Does that not look exhausting? Look at this next one. This tells you everything you need to know right there. We had s'mores. That's marshmallows on their faces, okay? My wife even found this belt. Like, we were, we were worried about the time before it came. So she was like, how am I going to carry Georgie around? Because he weighs 30 pounds and he walks, but you still got to carry him around a lot. She bought this online. This is for your fat grandchildren to sit on. <laughs> Isn't that great? 
Some of you are like, oh, I'm looking that up. You just throw them on there. It helps you carry them. Because we're old. We can't do it anymore. I didn't have time to go to the bathroom that week. I didn't read. I didn't relax. Because two of the kids are in Nashville and two of them are in California. So when we're together, the Nashville kids are up at 6 a.m. And the California kids are staying up till 9 p.m. Because they're on different time zones. And I want to help those little guys. I love them and I love my daughters. One of my daughters says, Papa is short for popular because I think we're going to make a t-shirt. I mean, they were, they wanted me. Those kids wanted me all the time. Papa, Papa, Papa. Georgie literally learned to say the word Papa that week because people were saying it so much. Hey, Papa, Papa, Papa. (laughs) You know, I didn't mind it. You know why? Because when you bring children into the world, this is what you signed up for. And when you get to the grandchildren stage, this is super easy to sign up for because I want them to be happy and I want them to be well. So at my advanced age, uh, and my status in life, I'm back to changing poopy diapers and losing sleep and it's okay. We had my brother-in-law's ATV where we were, and all Georgie wanted to do was go riding all the time. So he would go up to the door, and he'd be like, ah, 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 and we would go. Yeah, there's Charlie. You can tell he's a chip off the old block. (laughs) Georgie just wanted to ride all the time. That's where we went. Here's a picture of Georgie. This will tell you everything you need to know. I mean, that, that guy just melts my heart. He can't talk, but he'd go to the door and grunt, and I would go. I would do whatever he wanted to do. And yes, I have a tattoo. I, 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 I had to show that to you. It's not a butterfly on my lower back. It's not some wimpy little Latin word on my wrist. It's a real tattoo, baby. It's an Irish cross with the Parkview wheat going through it. And uh, Parkview wheat is about the fields being white to the harvest. And inside the circle there, it says, heaven to earth, earth to heaven. That's my mantra. That's what I live for. I'm supposed to bring heaven to earth. That happens with the robe life. And and I'm supposed to take earth to heaven. And that only happens uh, with the towel life, I should say. That only happens with the towel life. It doesn't happen with the robe life. Now, let me take you back to one scripture that is super important that will help you as you learn to serve. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything and that he came from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from the table and he set aside his robe. You see that? that? That's the important part of this. You know who you are. You know what Jesus has done for you. You know your, your security in God. And that's when you can set aside the robe and pick up the towel and go do it. That's what you're called to do as a believer. Now, we're going to do communion at all of our campuses together. I want to lead into that because there's this interesting little jump when we get to the book of Revelation, it has to do with robes and towels. No more towels in Revelation. After I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes. Isn't that interesting? So this is like one of our baptismal robes. So let me, let me change back to this. You see, someday, what the Bible tells us is that you lay down this robe, you lay down the robe of selfishness, and this is all about me and all the things that I want, and you pick up the towel, and you pick up the towel and you serve. That's what you're called to do, you serve. Because someday, we're gonna get to the point where the towel's thrown away too, is we're not gonna have to do too much in heaven, everything's taken care of us, and we're going to have the robe 
of righteousness, the robe, the white robe. Here's the verse I left out in there. And they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Listen, as we have communion, please don't confuse this. You cannot wash enough feet to get yourself into heaven. Your motivation is not to earn favor with God. It's because you love God. It's because he gave his son to die for you, to turn your red robe into a white one. That though your sins be as scarlet, now they are white as snow. That's what we celebrate at communion time here together. I just want to make sure you understand that. The white robe in heaven someday, perfectness, everything being as it's supposed to be, that is all provided by the blood of Jesus. And as we take communion today, we welcome you to join us. If you're a believer, we welcome you. It doesn't matter if you're part of Parkview. We, we want you to join us as we do this. And if you are ready, maybe today is the day you say, Jesus, I, I, I want to have a white robe in the end. I, I want to be with you. I want to I serve you. I want to be a part of your kingdom. Pray. Pray with us right now, and let's have communion together. Father God, I just want to—I <clears throat> want to thank you that someday I'll have a white robe. Right now, I have a white robe in your sight, but boy, my life is not white robish all the time. M my life is hotel robish a lot. My my life is selfish a lot, and I have to always remember that you didn't come to serve, you, you, to be served, but to serve, and that if you, as my Lord and teacher, <clears throat> can wash feet, then I'm supposed to wash feet. It doesn't matter how old I am, how far up the ladder I am, doesn't matter any of those things. I'm here to bring heaven to earth and earth to heaven. And it's so easy to serve my grandkids and my kids and the people I love. Sometimes it's difficult to serve everybody else, but that's the life that you called us to. Be with us as a church. I love this church because we're great at that. We really are. It's a foundation for us, serving other people. But Lord, there are a lot more out there. The, the wheat is white to the harvest. It's all out there. Be with us. Lord, if there are people that need to welcome you in right now, just let them do that. Just let them open up their hearts and, and, and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I need a savior. I can't do this on my own. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And for all of us, all of our campuses to this, this day, we're just grateful. We're grateful that you didn't come to Lord over everybody you came to serve. You came down to the very lowest, and no matter how low we may feel today, you're right there with us. And no matter how high and exalted we may feel today, you're right there with us. With a reminder, that's not about me. Be with us, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.